0: Live from the only episode we will ever forward to awards panels, it's the Vocal Minority Podcast. We got it in the bag.
1: I've got my awards speech written already.
2: Hello
1: and welcome to this week's episode of the Vocal Minority Podcast, the podcast that is mostly thought out from Friday night's home opener. On this week's episode, we have a special treat for you guys and gals out in podcast land. Is it burritos? No, Damn. stop asking. <sighs> One our, day it's going to be burritos. No, it's not. One day. All right. On our usual show, we'd have some wins and losses. We'd preview the upcoming game against those expansion upstarts and in, in the AU guys and whatever else happened to be going on, but not today. Today, we have a very special guest panelist. You may have heard of him. No, we're not joking. No, really, we are not joking. Joining us in the VMP studio this week is none other than Toronto FC President Bill Manning. Oh, that's where I've seen him from! <laughs> I know! I, well, he opened the door, I assumed he was allowed in. Oh, fair,
3: well, the jacket should yeah. be a giveaway. I'm I sorry. tell you, burritos would have been much better than me. <laughs> yeah, the burritos. See, <laughs> see, he's sitting right here.
4: Burrito for every listener? Don't
1: uh, see, now
3: Where's I know. I have to get
1: some <laughs> Do we, we have some like, sort of burrito <laughs> contingency fund that I'm not
5: aware of? Well, we've been lobbying pretty hard, so
3: you know. You, don't you guys can, do you know, when listen. I'm not here, seriously. So, so how many guests have you actually had in your studio here? Well, let's see. Um, um, there was
0: that time. There was uh... a time Bill, Bill Manning came <laughs> by. Bill?
5: Yeah. Oh yeah, and Bill I, Manning was here. Oh, th- remember the time we had the uh, TFC president on?
4: Right. right. Yeah, at that yeah. Time, I was too. Yes. So, so, so I yeah.
5: am the the you original are... guest. Guess, you are. Right? Yes. Oh, you're the OG. That's there right. Go. Go. There you go. Yeah, and
3: by episode 400, we should have at least two other names to that list. So, Like I said, we didn't go through TFCPR, right? Right, that's true. And so this is how it works. This is still my best thing ever.
1: (laughs) So of course, all of this means we're going to do things a little differently this week. So hold on to your earbuds and let's get to this week's panel. Our music maestro, self-proclaimed kit nerd, and lover of stadiums, it's Mark Hinckley.
5: I do love them
1: all. I know. Uh, He's got a cockerel on his arm. He's Adrian Heath's close and personal friend. It's Tony Walsh.
0: I have to be serious this week, don't I? Maybe a little bit. Is that true? No. He- oh, okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Cockle He's having a year right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just say Darlington, sit back and wait for the stories. Our grumpy old man, Duncan Fletcher.
4: As of today, it's not even Darlington 1883 anymore. It's just straight up Darlington. So oh, pray. they got the name. Congrats. Oh, fewer, fewer syllables yeah, and they, congratulations. They got the original name back so after three, four years. So, great.
1: Lovely. Yes. You must be so proud. Part owner, indeed. Indeed. (laughs) All right, the man that really doesn't like Baldemaro Toledo—it's the TFC president (laughs) himself, Bill the Thrill Manning.
3: Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you for coming. I actually—that you know—it's funny. Someone, someone showed me a tweet, and and I actually didn't say I don't like Baldemar. I actually think there was someone there that said something about him, and I said, I said. Baltimore, Toledo and Tim said it's a live mic. <laughs>
1: yeah, and it I was, wasn't yeah, me
3: yeah. actually saying that. I think someone had said said something about him. That yeah, was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay. Uh,
0: this is a safe space.
3: Exactly. Outdoors. Yeah, it's you can admit it. Like we don't. No, like no. I him. would admit actually. We don't like him. So. <laughs> he's actually, yeah, he's 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 tough on us sometimes, but I find he's 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 tough on all teams. So we don't.
0: Yes. Really, we don't even talk about Toledo, yeah. Ohio, in here. Yeah. We're yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like uh, we're still like
1: post traumatic. Yeah. Yes. Uh, as for me, uh, I am proud supporter of the Canadian national team, but have a not so secret love for Albania must be the commie Roots. I am your host, Kristen Knowles.
4: <laughs> Hello baby. Call me in my with a gym, I say
0: choir. You see I need a little of my ooh-la-la. No,
4: you get lonely in no no
1: Alright, well, first up on today's show is something familiar, just to get ease everybody in. I'll look back at Friday night's TFC home opener. Was not the home opener that anyone really wanted. Cold and wet, and ultimately ending in a frustrating, scoreless draw. Well, the result meant another clean sheet and TFC continuing their unbeaten streak. Huzzah!
2: Mm-hmm. Unbeaten.
1: It was not easy to watch Clint Irwin go down to injury, to see attacking players with a lack of sharpness up front, and, you know, the cold and wet. That was unpleasant. But Raheem Edwards did a pretty admirable job filling in for Justin Morrow. First yeah, MLS start yeah. for him, uh, though he certainly let some tentativeness and uncertainty get the best of him as the match progressed. And Ricketts was mostly invisible, which was kind of very disappointing for me because I was so excited about same. him starting I was like yes go to Saint same but he may be better suited to the super sub role going forward and we all of course watched in as Oso struggled in front of the net which he has you know very charmingly apologized for on Twitter and you want to just like go and like pat his,
5: his, <laughs> yeah, like, his head I, I felt like I wanted to go give him a hug yeah
1: pretty much yeah like,
5: it's okay you had, you, had, you had a really good game aside from that
1: Right, so solid midfield work, some nice passing from Vasquez. Mm -hmm. Seba, please let him take the kicks. Just once. Can you do something about that? Can you talk to Seba for us? Oh, he did hit crossbar. That's true. Uh, (laughs) And the Sporks were fairly ineffective for most of the match. So...
5: Hooray! Huzzah! Damn you, Sporks.
1: I know. Uh, But, to start off our recap, moment of the match. So we like to go around, everyone picks their moment. Duncan, do you want to go first?
4: Uh, I will go with Nick Haglundino Haglund. Uh, around about the 40th minute or so, going down the left wing, sort of like a little move inside and then back outside to the wing. The fullback falls over, puts in a delightful cross that Osorio then eventually screwed up. But that was Nick Haglund. Nick, Nick Haglund. <laughs> I know. I. We just had to make his transition to forward permanent (laughs) soon. You were. You actually were giddy. It's true. It was very exciting. It's just (laughs) out of nowhere. Delightful.
0: I think for me, uh, the big moment was probably Josie's inclusion in the second half. I thought it really changed the way we were going forward. And I think it changed the way that uh, Kansas had to defend us. Unfortunately, it didn't lead to a goal. But I I think it stressed the importance of a healthy... Happy Josie up front for us. And I think that the space it opens up for Seba, as usual, and everything, it didn't work out uh, on Friday night. But I think it just in, increases, like, not the pressure, because although Tosain hasn't really found his maybe role as a starter, but I think it shows that Josie's uh, inclusion and continued health is really important to the success of the team this year.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Concur.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to go with uh, sub off the crossbar.
5: Uh, uh, I feel like he just stole Bill's. No, no, it's not mine Oh, good. Well, I mean, partially, partially because it seems like it's been a while since he's had one that was that clean off the, uh, at least through a wall. It's
4: been a long time.
5: Been a long time. And also, too, I feel that Somebody about three to five seats away from me probably (laughs) swore a little bit Duncan. So (laughs) there was a little joy knowing that you went, ah, I've got it wrong. But, you know, whatever. It was still a hell of a
4: shot. Well, You you didn't even make a prediction that time, did you? Cheering for Vasquez to to take the free kick. Oh, yeah. We were so, yeah, you and I were so excited. We're like, he's going. Oh, Vasquez, he's right there. He's going (laughs) to take. No,
1: he's not. But my moment of the match is later on in the second half. There was a free kick um, that looked like I thought at first Seba was going to take it. And then, no, no, Vasquez strode confidently over to the ball. Seba drifted off to the box. And I was like, yes, that is exactly right. You do that. Um, we just like, we like we like him. And we think he should take more yeah, kicks. Yeah, yeah. Because Seba can't addition. take them all. Oh. What's your moment of the match?
3: Raheem Edwards. Goal line, goal line clearance. That was pretty crazy that right was, at the end of the game. That's not what I would expect from... A kid who's making his first. Yeah. first? That yeah. was a big. That was and a big. I mean, they, start too. Yeah. That ball goes in if he's not in the right position, and he gets. Did you watch? He gets taken out. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He Wait. Gets oh yeah. Taken he out gone. right
5: after the play. I recorded the game and rewound that a couple times to yeah. see how bad he got. And so that was uh,
3: that was for me. That was the moment of the match because because we lose that game one nothing. Mm. That doesn't happen. Excellent. Sure. Well then,
1: man of the match.
4: Uh, I will go with Raheem Edwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and you didn't look entirely comfortable with the defensive side of it, but he looked quite good going forward. I feel like he could do better. I think the second half especially, he was very much like deferring to Seber a bit too much. I think there are opportunities he could have like really driven into the box and instead sort of just laying passes off. And It's kind of similar to Jay Chapman last year. I think the you know, first couple of appearances he didn't quite look as if he was fully confident in himself and just the fact that he should be there. So there's uh, a lot of potential shown though.
5: Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with uh, Michael Bradley. Um, I And it was for very much things that I don't expect Michael Bradley to do. And at least on three separate occasions, he did these wonderful little bullying off the ball, just undoing defenders almost in a calamitous manner where he would just, just pull the ball in and you'd see this defender just poorly go flying in one direction. He didn't even touch him. And he did that on three separate occasions. And I was expecting him... Legitimately, to just sit down on the ball at half at the halfway line at some point and just kind of go, go somebody to, yeah, try and get the ball off me because it seemed like something out of like a third 1920s, 1930s match report of, oh, the wizard, blah, 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 did this and he did it. It was just fabulous to watch. I've never seen, I mean, I'm sure he's capable of that skill level, but I've never seen him do it so often in one 90 minute segment. Thoroughly amused.
0: I'm going to give my props to, this week to uh, Alex Bono. It's always difficult to come in uh, when the number one goes down, and I thought he did a good job. made a few really big saves, too. Mm-hmm. And, the one
1: mm-hmm. off wire, yeah. And
0: uh, I guess yeah. we'll be seeing a lot, a lot more of that, un- unfortunately, for Clinton Erwin over the next four to five weeks. Mm-hmm. but and maybe uh,
1: more. Who knows? Uh, mine's also, well... Goalie controversy? T- TFC, TFC goalie controversy, Never. yes. No.
4: We no. wouldn't do that. Never get no injured. No. Never
1: get injured as a goalie at TFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine's Raheem Edwards as well, though. Just very impressed with the full 90-minute performance by him. I didn't, I've didn't. i liked what I've seen from him so far, but I didn't expect him to sort of walk on, do play a position he doesn't really play, do well, and go the full 90. I don't know. I really like him, so he's, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch right now. Yep.
3: So I have A and B. So my, my player <sighs> of the fine. game, A, it's Drew Moore. I mean, Drew Moore is so solid, but you expect that of him. So it's almost like... He he plays at such a high level, he organizes the defense with three shutouts in four games and he almost goes unnoticed, right, because mm-hmm. he's so good at what he does. But he for him for me, Drew Moore is is so solid and, and was my man of the match. But but in terms of of who probably should have gotten it, I agree with both Duncan and Kristen was Raheem Edwards because whenever you throw young kids into um a moment like that, you really want to see them bring their game to another level. And what Raheem showed us is he had a really good game in Phoenix with the USL team the week before, and with Justin going down, he got he got rewarded with the start and instead of you know putting Chris Mavinga out there, and he he delivered. And I thought, Duncan, like you, I thought there was a couple of times he deferred to Seba. Mm-hmm. And this was a 20-year-old, though, right? And sure. so he's going to defer understand. to some of the bigger players. <laughs> and Because I thought there was one or two opportunities there where Justin would have shot on goal. I thought he had, a, he had an angle where he could have put a ball. He's in the box, on target, uh, maybe get a rebound or something. But he deferred. But I think... You get it. He's 20 years old, and he's, he's given to the guy who, you know, was paid to put the ball in the net, and a couple of things broke down there. But but I thought he was dangerous for most of the game.
4: Sure. You mentioned that, like, Justin Morrow being out. Is that in any way serious? No, you know, term? so Justin
3: has a, a little bit of Achilles pain. And that's um, an area that you take all precautions sure. um, because a, a, a torn Achilles can, can knock you out for a long time. And so he had a little bit of pain. We shut him down. Uh, he's going to get reevaluated again tomorrow. If he's feeling good, he'll practice. So it's just one of those things okay. where the luxury of having depth is that you can actually – could have he played, yeah. But the luxury of having depth is that you can you can actually take a rest there. And that's the really, you know, what we've built now. And, and that's why I was really happy to see Raheem do well, because it just gives Greg more confidence to put him back in games. Cool. Actually,
1: mm-hmm. just very quickly, why didn't Chris Mavinga play instead?
3: Well, I think because Raheem had a good game in Phoenix. And, and that's I think why Greg, Yeah, and Greg felt... Um, Greg felt that he was um, he was prepared and he was ready and he earned it and it's one of the things that we're really looking at and trying to guys playing on TFC two when they do well they kind of get in like Jay was in the eighteen and 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 Raheem um, and that's important because TFC two the last two years we've struggled in the standings and we've struggled wins and losses and um, we were a little young but it's no excuse we we. We won't you talk don't about just Saturday. yeah, but you just don't all of a sudden um, learn how to win, right. and you got You got to win at all levels, and it's it's not all about winning because you want to develop players too. But you can't have losing, 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 and then think all of a sudden you're going to win. So it's one of the things we're looking at with TFC too. And we got shellacked against a, a very good Tampa team. Um, but I'm, I'm actually flying out tomorrow to Orlando to look forward to uh, seeing us play Orlando City B. That's
2: tomorrow
1: Yeah, night, tomorrow, right?
3: yeah. So I'm going down to watch that game. Um, but but how our guys perform with TFC2 is going to be really important to inclusion in the first team. All right,
1: excellent. Well, way
2: down, in
5: Bill, the cat named Big Bad Bill, I wanted to tell you, the cat was rough and tough, he would shut his stuff. Had the whole town scared to death when he walked by, they all held their breath. He's a fighting man, showing sure enough. And then Bill got himself a wife. Now he leaves.
1: Alright, well, moving on from one of our normal features onto something. Well, the rest of the show is. Mostly not necessarily about you, but it's Bill's questions. It's, sure, it's bill it's yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's aimed at you. Um, and don't take that as like, well, no, he's not really a target. But anyway, no, it's
3: all right. Um, um, make him uncomfortable. He's a <laughs> guest. <against.
1: laughs> he's fine, his beer, It's good.
3: Yeah, there you go.
4: That's
3: so what do you got for me. All
4: right. Um, all right. So first off, uh, going back in history, yeah, you won the U.S. Open Cup with the I Brooklyn did. Italians, yeah, yeah. And the internet tells me you got a red card. In I, the did. Final. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. I did. What did you do? Twenty
3: third minute, and so uh, <laughs> I actually, remember, oh cup. yeah, I oh, re- yeah. vividly remember it. So we this was pre MLS. It was oh. pre USL going into the Northeast. And a a lot of teams back then, you played for these semi-pro teams, and and they were ethnic teams. We were essentially a social club that paid us to go play. And in 1990, we actually lost in the U.S. Open Cup final versus a team from Chicago. And in 1991, like, we were going to win it. And we had a really, really good team. And we got to the final, and we actually played a USL team called the Dallas Rockets, and there was a player by the name of Alan Pamprin who had played in MLS in the early years. So this is 1991. so This is pre-MLS. Mm-hmm. And a ball got played through, and I was a I was a center back, and I was pretty fast, and we we would we went for the we went for it together. And this was when they first started where automatic red card for if you um, prevent a goal scoring professional opportunity, right foul. yeah professional yeah. foul. And I'll tell you, we would jostling. And nowadays, it would be a foul, maybe a yellow. Um, but we were, we were jostling, and I got the better of him, and he kind of fell over, but I cleared the ball. And Ref came over, and I'm thinking he's calling a foul. Straight red. And it was brutal. And we, had, we were already up one nothing. We'd scored early in the game, and we were taking it to him. And then I got the red card, and then that gave them some um, some momentum but we held on we won one nothing, and it was bittersweet for me because I wanted to win the National Championship so we actually played in CONCACAF so we right. actually that broken Italian nice. team in 1992 represented the United States made it to the semifinals of the CONCACAF Champions Cup lost to Guadalajara okay, 6-1 That's on aggregate wow. so this is That's how far not, is. how far That's we've come nice. That's I went to Guadalajara and in front of you know 30 something thousand people like Kicked the crap out of us. Could have been nine, nine nothing, nine one. We scored a goal though. We actually lost three one down there in Guadalajara, three nothing at home. Um, but but that was the U.S. Open Cup, and that's and but I did. I got a red card twenty three minutes in. It's brutal. The, the start of Baldemiro Toledo's career. <laughs> that's <was not, laughs> that where the hate comes from. And you know the, the guy's name, um, Steve. I actually met him in minnesota years later and i and i was still angry about it and i told him i said you know you made such a bad call and he said uh he said i i did you know it's just so hmm, funny okay. yeah yeah he uh i can't remember his last name now but i was i was it was one of those things you wanted it so bad and then to get it and it wasn't a bad foul so <laughs> <laughs> got the ball Fair <laughs> enough. Oh. Yeah.
4: uh other question for that are you now or have you ever been Italian?
3: No, no, oh. my wife is half Italian. Scandal. And yeah, uh, it's a scandal. How are my, you allowed to play? My wife Well, I there was one Italian. Think, there was a token oh. Italian. No, we joke about this. <laughs> How did
5: you at least visit you a Brooklyn before? In was a to- I, I, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. were so so to I was in a, I
3: was a Long Island kid okay. and if you really made it in soccer in the New York area you had to play in the ethnic leagues. Mm-hmm. And so I was asked one summer to play on a on a summer team in Brooklyn and I mean you're playing on dirt fields and you're, you know, playing with all these guys and everyone is off the boat and they played for, you know, all these big teams. And these construction companies would own these teams and they would pay good money. I mean, I was getting paid like a thousand bucks a month cash back then, you know, and, and good. this was all pre, you know, pre real contracts. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, so it was, it was, it was, you know, we were pioneers in a lot of ways. Like I joke about, so Tab Ramos, John Harkes, Mike Windishman all played for the Brooklyn Italians and then all played in the 1990 World Cup. So hmm. think about that. I mean, that's how far we've come as a, wow. as a continent, basically North America, and where soccer is nowadays from where it was back then. But there was one token Italian on a team named Jerry Leonardi, and they used to call me white boy. <laughs> yeah, so we had the, title uh, of the episode, guys. Oh, yeah. boy day. We had uh, I had players, and some of my good friends: Augustine Ignum Nobaro, Ernest Ine, Manny Uda. They were from Nigeria. Jean Yves was from Haiti. Harry Smart was from Haiti. Junior superbia from Brazil. Osidius Machado played for Grêmio in Brazil. Oh, wow. um, okay. Jesus Sarazo played for Nacional in Colombia. Digna Valencia played for Nacional in Ecuador very very good players and I was um, kind of the token Long Island boy that, that wound up making the team and then we had an Irishman named Ronan Weissman was on the right and then our uh, our goalkeeper was uh, um, from uh, I guess it was called Yugoslavia back then Dragan Radovich um, but they used to call me white boy yeah it was just <laughs> pretty funny but we were good we were there was a three year period there where us and I think the San Francisco Bay Blackhawks were probably the two best teams and in, in the United States, so that was that was a good period though. I really enjoyed I enjoyed my time there.
0: What would football club president now say to center back who got sent off in the final?
3: Oh, as a president, I'd be pissed <laughs> because it wasn't a foul. Like he's still says this to this day. I'd and Alan Pamper, you know, he wound up playing like four or five years in MLS. He was fast, and I was fast, and it was just a very much a you know. Jostling for arms, maybe a foul at best, and I think there was so much hypersensitivity to these professional fouls, as you call them, on preventing a breakaway. But it was a it was a fifty fifty battle. So, yeah, no, no, no fault to the player.
1: <laughs> I kind of have a transition question into the next section. Yeah, how come you moved away from say you went, you went into the business side of I sports did, yeah, as opposed yeah. to continuing to play or going into coaching? Because I know you have some coaching badges. Yeah, yeah, um, probably more than some former coaches of tfc's (laughs) maybe um (coughs) maybe but what what made you decide to not stick with the that involved at that level yeah
3: you know it was a little bit by chance and i'll and i'll 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 tell you so i um in i was working for my dad's company and playing um still trying to play right playing for the brooklyn italians and the team then i wanted to play for a team called the new york paid me more money. The New York what? The New York Pan Cyprians, New York Pan Cyprian Freedoms. And then I had an opportunity to go play out west with a team called the Valley Golden Eagles. So I was playing in the USL and I wound up getting a job with the it was called the Continental Indoor Soccer League. Ah, oh,
5: this is yeah. still, Yes.
3: The old CISL and I worked there for about 7 or 8 months. And I remember I used to fly, the Pancyprians would fly me back to New York to play games. And then I was playing with this Valley Golden Eagles. And you're just trying to make a living. I just had gotten married and and, you know, no one's paying you enough money. So I was trying to make as much money as I can and I love to play and I still, you had heard about MLS and you're thinking, is it really gonna come? This would have been circa 1993. And so I was still young enough that I was thinking, maybe it'll come around. And then the head of the CISL came to me one day and he said, do you want to be a soccer player or a soccer executive? And I gave him the wrong answer. I said, I want to be a soccer player. And he said, there's no rooms for players here in the front office. And so he sent me on my way. And uh, and I've reconciled with him to the, to, the <laughs> I to, say, to, to this day. A guy named Ronnie Weinstein out in Salt Lake. He came and visited me. He was very proud of where I've gone. Um, and so I went back, and my wife and I, I had my tail between my legs. I, f- I got hurt, I got injured playing with Valley Golden Eagles, so I couldn't play anymore. Went back uh, to New Jersey, was living in my wife's basement, coaching the local high school soccer t- freshman team. And they were starting up, a friend of mine called me and said he heard they were starting up a USL team in New York called the New York Fever. And it was a friend of mine named Mickey Kides who played in the early years of MLS. And so I reached out to the owner and I said, hey, you know, I'm interested in your team and, uh, you know, could you tell me about it? And so I went and I met with him and they, they offered me a contract to play, but it was $2,000 a month, right? And I was like, you know, is more? Can you do it? And he says, well, why don't you help us out in the front office? All
2: right. And
3: so he paid me an extra $1,000 a month to help out in the front office. And he did it with two other players too, a, a guy named Tom Lips who, who played for the New England Revolution for a couple of years, and then a guy named Chris Santo. And so we worked in the front office and I was selling group sales and sponsorships. And I sold Pepsi on the jersey for $15,000, wow. swear to God. And wow. I earned the money he was paying me by selling that deal. And so I wound up um, kind of getting some business acumen. So I'd leave at at 2:15 uh, every day. I'd go to our locker room, I'd change, and then I'd go practice at 3 o'clock. <laughs> Peter Vermes played on my team in 1995. <laughs> Very good friend of mine. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no, we had we had guys that played in MLS. So Peter played on a team. A guy named John Debrito played uh, back for Columbus Crew. Um, a guy named Matt Camasco played on a team, played for Columbus Crew. Uh, we, had, we had some some Georgia coast and Mickey Coyotes, so it was a good team. Um, but that's what I did. And then um, I I was I hit 30 years old, so it was 1995, and MLS was coming out in 96. And I'd lost my starting spot, my second season with the Fever. And I knew, I was like, if I can't start here, I'm not going to start in MLS. And... I, luckily, I just got a phone call from uh, a team called the Long Island Rough Riders, and they asked me to be their general manager.
4: Were they mm-hmm. a CFL team? <laughs> and <we're>, no. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not. They had a, a lot horsey of with yeah, were, a lot yeah. of so, yeah. here. so
3: what's funny, the USL back then was called the USISL. Yeah. And so they were in the USISL back then and, and I wound up taking over as general manager and that kind of started my career. And I, uh, I had gotten my B coaching license in 1994, I think, when I was still a player because I thought about being a coach. Sure. And then I wound up being on the front office side with the Rough Riders and I went to a team called the Minnesota Thunder and then I wound up getting my A license um, which was great but that was more for a personal reason I just wanted to get my A but I've stuck with the GM side and the president side so that's the inside story. All right that's excellent well that does
1: lead us into the RSL section of today's show. Yeah yeah. So you spent eight years president at RSL and one of MLS's Honestly, most consistent clubs. The one MLS Cup while you were there, opened a new stadium. Yeah. Went deep into CCL. They were sort of the first team that you ever saw the hashtag MLS for
3: yeah, I remember right? that. Right that for that RSL. Oof. Everyone watching it them. Came so close.
1: But end of twenty fifteen, you decide to leave and come to Toronto, a club yep. that has arguably been a train wreck. For most of its history. For those of uh, you who
5: don't have video, he was
3: nodding. <laughs> nodding emphatically, in fact. Have you guys read John Molinaro's article, by the way, that he wrote? We like
4: have. The, um, yeah, the, 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 ten- the long read. Yeah, yeah um, I
3: thought it was really good. I mean, it, it was, you know, just from from my perspective, from someone who hasn't been here, um, it it gave me really good insight into some of what was going on. We lived you know, back it, Bill. Then. We lived you it. Lived we, it. We, we, we were there, man. We were there. But I thought it, I thought it was great.
4: It skipped over quite a lot of the, the more controversial bits. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah.
3: Yes. He only had uh, 18,000 words. Yeah. That's right? true. Yeah. He had a limit. His leave from work only went so long.
2: Yeah.
1: Anyway, before we do get into all things TFC, yeah. we do have some questions for you from your sure. time in Sexy Sandy, Utah. So <laughs>
3: I don't know if sexy and sandy go together. Well,
1: <laughs> that's one of our stands on yeah. it, right? Yeah. So. Mm.
3: We can dream. Uh, we can. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're trying to help. Um, what was, you know, you had a lot of, you did a lot of different things yeah. at, at RSL. What do you consider your biggest success and what would you consider your biggest regret while there?
3: I think, yeah, our biggest success while we were there, I believe, was getting to the finals at CONCACAF, even over winning MLS Cup. That for me um, nice. was. How we went down, we beat Cruz Azul in Mexico. We we went down and tied Monterey in Mexico 2 2. Um, and then we wound up losing at home. But for me, when when we got to that point, we showed we could compete with anyone in, in, in you know, essentially in North America. Um, my biggest regret was not winning it that game. Because I think had we won that game, we would have changed MLS forever I and mean, we would have played in the FIFA World Club Championships. And it was. You know, Salt Lake was was really interesting because we won it in 2009, and I'll tell you, our teams in 10, 11, 12, 13 were better than 2009, yeah. but that we just happened to win it that year. I thought in 2010, we actually had the best team. We lit up 20 goals in 2010. Um, it's a fantastic yeah, team, but that was my, my, I think our best achievement was making the final of CONCACAF, and my biggest regret was not winning the final of CONCACAF.
0: So that leads us into you did a great segue for us. All right. The next yeah. question is, what is about CCL. I planned it. <laughs> I didn't send him the full rundown, I swear. You can come back next week. If <laughs> um, so was it a conscious decision for the club to take the CCL seriously? It's not been something in MLS history. We've had a little bit of flirtation in Toronto with it, yep. where it's, you know, because maybe it's where it stands among MLS fans, yeah. maybe who don't pay a great deal of attention to the CONCACAF as a whole. It's not always been given the you know, the do that it's, that maybe it's, that it's worth. And so, but RSL seemed to change that.
3: Yeah, no, I think we did. It was a very, very conscious decision. You know, myself and, and my GM, Garth Lagoway at the time and Jason Kreiss, um, we had talked about it. You know, I had played in the CONCACAF, it was called the Champions Cup, you know, back in the mm-hmm. day. And so I kind of felt what it was like to go to Mexico and play. And we played in Bermuda of all places. And, and these different, you know, games that, that you, that you had, and I also felt, you know, you look at European Champions League, and I think that's one of the most awesome competitions in the world. Why can't we do that? And I do remember, like, when the LA Galaxy back in the day, and DC United actually, you know, went and played in CONCACAF Champions League and did well. Um, why couldn't we? And teams, I felt teams in MLS were very short-sighted in that they would play all their their reserves in a CONCACAF game, get the crap beat out of them. And they didn't put any attention to it. So we actually mapped out. We took five-game increments and we mapped out, like, ideally, who would be playing in those games. And Jason, you know, there was a couple of times he played mixed squads in MLS games so that we had our best teams for CONCACAF. And you've seen it now. We're, we're going to be doing that with TFC um, because we want to not only be strong in MLS, we want to be strong within the region. And Bill, you
0: gotta start stop stealing my next yeah. question. Yeah, you can't no, see my laptop, can you? I'm just no, 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 no. <laughs> the notes this way. But
3: that's it's it's very very important for us. I mean, the Canadian Championship last year, from day one when I came in, I said I want to win that because that's our only entry back to CONCACAF, and are we you, took it serious. Are you
0: upset now with the rule? I was really angry. Yeah. We got in
3: a big fight. We got a, we, we we did we had, you throw something? Yes.
1: Yes! Excellent! Uh, yes. That's what we like now,
3: to hear. We, uh, and, and look, I, and I've told both Victor Montigliani and, and Peter Montopoli, I disagreed with their decision, and I'll still say it. Um, they came to a decision, but I was not happy about it, but... We, our plan is not to have a one-off game. We wanna win it this year and then there'd be a mute point. So right. we, uh, that's a competition that every year um, is a go-to for us. Sure, but that one-off game would be awesome though. It would, well that's what Victor said to me. So Victor goes, well I'm giving you this game and it would be one of the best games we could ever have in Canada. And I'm going, I don't want it because we already earned the right to play in CONCACAF. Why are we um, being
5: forced to defend our championship <laughs> belt? What's our
3: belt? Could yeah. TFC play TFC? Could TFC? Yes. No. Well, you know, like it's,
4: Michael Bradley and Jovinko go out there and just pick players. Yeah, to be on yeah, yeah, they are each their own captain. Well, one and of the things that
3: uh, I actually want TFC two to play in the competition. Yes. I want, I want, because in the U.S. now, the the second teams of MLS teams can't play in the U.S. Open Cup, mm-hmm. but we're a different country. So I want to try to convince the CSA <laughs> to actually let our TFC2 play in uh, in, in the Canadian Championship. Because really, there's only five teams right now.
5: I'm not so. going to lie to you. There's a small part of me that hopes TFC2 gets to a final and not TFC. Like, I want to <laughs> see the babies outdo yeah. the, the big team just because that's hilarious. Yeah,
3: the young Reds.
0: So, I mean... With that unfortunate ruling aside, is it something you, as under your tenure at at TFC, something we can look forward to that CCL is going to be given the same credence as like you you mentioned? Oh, it'll
3: be the number one priority. If we make it into CONCACAF, it'll be the number one priority. Without a doubt.
0: We had one under Aaron Vinter. We had... uh, where we went,
3: you had at, a run, yeah. Yeah, yeah, where yeah, we went
0: to the semis, and there was yeah. a, a fantastic match yeah. at uh, Skydome, yeah, because it was too early in season. Unfortunately, they
3: went zero nine in MLS. Yeah, but it was such a, a
0: different experience uh, for us. Oh yeah, we hadn't had we'd we'd been in the uh, the group stages yep, a couple yep. of times, and yep. it wasn't really taken all that seriously. There was they had a go, but. You know it, it, on the ropes. yeah we, we weren't necessarily yeah. oh, that game yeah. that game. but we weren't the deepest of squads of the, in right, the first right. couple yeah. that's what you
3: need to have. To, yeah. to play in the multiple competitions you need a deep squad, you yeah. really do. So
1: we also need you also need a front office that wants to support this. so oh, this is like yeah. for, for at least the four of us, this is music to our ears because oh, we yeah. love CCL stuff. we and, and like longed
3: for yeah. this. For and I'll tell you, it can be very financially profitable. I mean, when we were at Salt Lake, mm-hmm. we made money on our ConcaCaf games. Like to me it's it's so that silly. If you don't here. put anything behind <laughs> it, you're gonna of course you're gonna lose money in games. We we really got out in front of it. We educated our, our fan base and I mean we will get in sell out crowds for CONCACAF matches do
0: you, do you feel the league feels the same way? I think as now they do. Yeah. I
3: think I think I think if you asked Don Garber, he would say one of our biggest mandates now is we have to win ConcaCaf. Like we we've now grown up to that point where Everyone's getting pissed off that we just can't beat the Mexican teams you know and 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 that's something we have to if we want to be you know considered you know one of the more respected leagues in the world we because mex because look league of mex is mx is a is a respected league in the world we have to beat them
4: agreed yeah um go back to aerosol you were talking earlier how you had a really good team from like two thousand ten to thirteen how much did it really hurt and frustrate you that you essentially had to break that up for presumably just salary cap reasons it was that year when Will Johnson and Nat Borchers and just so many good players left that squad
3: yeah the one year we um, we had Will Johnson Hamasin Alave and uh, I think there was one other player we lost I think I have it on my phone actually and it's just (laughs) funny is I, I I Someone texted me recently because RSL is having a tough, uh, a tough run, and mm-hmm. they, they yeah, texted it's... me all the significant departures. Yeah, we had Hamison, Fabiana Spindler, and Will just That's right, Spindler. That bad. was salary cap driven, and yeah. it was very very um, difficult um, during that time because we we really had. Um, a good squad but we had a good coach we had good depth we had good players coming we actually the next year went to the championship in 2013 so we were able to absorb that and we were 7 years in the playoffs um i'll tell you i think i think nap borchers we made a mistake on um, i think he's a player cuz you had this now you had expansion coming and you really had to like this year for example the Clint Irwin expansion <laughs> That was already pre, pre-baked. It was pre-baked, you know? And so we already had the deal done before the draft was done. And you, you had to do this not to lose players. Um, and I felt at Salt Lake, we had a good team with Garth and myself and Jason where we, we thought ahead and we really tried to plan ahead. Um, but I thought Nat Borchers was one we made a mistake on because our thought was that Chris Schuler was ready uh, to step in that role and, um, and then we had a young player by the name of Carlos Salcedo who was playing in Italy right now who we thought could fill in, and then he wound up getting sideways with the club because Nat Borchers came back in and started, and, mm-hmm. and we wound up having Carlos leave and Nat leave, and we were in a situation where we had to bring back Hamas and Alave and he wasn't the Hamas and past. <laughs> <laughs> and, and but but I thought I thought that you know we gained so much respect there because we were always in the mix and, and even though we didn't win it, um, everyone knew coming to Salt Lake and and if you're going to win an MLS Cup you generally had to go through Salt Lake or Galaxy those were mm-hmm. the two teams you had to go or S- Seattle too I mean it with three of us for a five year period there just were knocking the heck out of each other, um, but I was proud of that I was proud of 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 what we did and what we. Um, established there and then when we lost Jason and then when Garth left I knew the handwriting was on the mall because it was not the same place. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Talking of really good teams
4: in that kind of era, yeah. TFC, what was the perception of
3: TFC around the league in
4: like their first hey, let let turn, nine years? Hey, let me so. turn your mic up. I want to get it all. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know it's funny, I, I, uh, I hate to say this, I I viewed TFC as we did, you know, as a joke, right? You, you, you did. Mm-hmm. You, you looked at them and you said, "How can this team that's owned by MLSE, which is a very well-respected company, be such a mess and well, be such a joke?" And, and I remember, I, I, I say, "They do though." Really well, they do now. Do. Yeah, yeah, they really do. Well, Tim L, Tim L, oh, okay, really. Tim L is the one yeah. that, that, and now Larry now? Tannenbaum is all in, and it's, it's really good now, but. So I, I can't talk pre-Larry and, and Tim L, I guess, but we looked at them and they were like, they're ripe for the pickings, because they can't, they, <laughs> they're just constantly changing. Their, and, and it was a joke, right?
1: Were you the W's on the calendar? No, but you just <laughs> like know, to star is good, that This is game.
3: gonna be the team to trade. Yeah. So yeah, I remember, yeah. Joke, oh, oh yeah. Remember. And yeah. so I remember making a, uh, a comment, though, one time, because what you admired, though, was the fans. So you'd you'd look at the stadium and you'd say, Holy cow, these fans, the team sucks and they're still got great crowds and and the fans are really into it. And I admired that. And I remember making a comment in my early years with RSL. I had actually made a comment and I said, you know, we're trying to be more like TFC off the field. (laughs) And Paul Burns shot me a note back and he said, I you know, I saw your quote in the paper, I just you know, read it to my staff and I said, we're trying to be more like RSL winning (laughs) soccer games. And so it's kind of a little anecdote there. And I reminded him of that when I, when I saw him recently. Um, But no, it, 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 TFC was, was you, you scratch your head and you say, how could they be bad for that long? Um, mm-hmm. And for me, when That's I look at did. it, yes. and when I met with the you know when I went with the board, um, when I first was getting recruited, I met with Larry and then I met with uh, Larry and George Cope and, and Guy Lawrence. and I said, they asked me a similar question and I said, too much turnover. I said, you went through too many coaches, too many general managers, too many players, frankly, and you can't develop any consistency And I said, you know, if there's anything I will bring to this organization, this is what we had at RSL, is you will have consistency. And I believe that just that alone will get you three wins a year just by having the same players, the same lineup. They know each other. And now, you know, if I could fast forward five years from now, we're going to have a team that every year you're going to see us tweaking and, and fine-tuning but you'll never see this crazy, you know, eight overhaul guys in, eight guys, nine, nine guys, ten. It just that's not going to happen. Not under my my watch. Um, that's not who will be.
1: At some point, okay. we'll send Good. you one of our player countdowns or several. Oh. <laughs> was it was it forty four the one year?
3: I, you know, what's funny. Is I that what it bl- was? Yeah. I did I, one of the things I did, and I've brought it to TFC now, and, and and Tim and I look at it. When I was at RSL, one of the things Garth and I did is we took. Every year, who the top four, and we took 14, 14 players, who the top 14 players were in minutes played. And you looked from year to year how many players you know, went in, how, how much it changed. And generally, we were two to three players a year, kind of came into the top 14. So I did an exercise. I went through TFC's history. <laughs> oh God! And you literally would see <laughs> 10, 11, yep. 9 new players every year into that kind of top 14. And so last year with TFC, we were seven. And I think my goal this year, and, and we know it internally, is to have three or four tops. That's it, uh, within the, the top 14 at the end of the year. And it's kind of how you can judge your consistency and who's playing minutes, you know, who's playing. So back to the
5: talking about uh, the success of Toronto FC not on the pitch. Um, from from your perspective or from the perspective of your colleagues, um Was it annoying as hell to hear the phrase uh, how Toronto and Toronto FC fans saved the league as far as perception and popularity and just being invested in the game? Because we know we heard it a lot.
3: Yeah, I don't don't know if it was annoying. I think it was a testament, frankly, to this town that um, they created an atmosphere at the games that you really didn't feel in MLS at that time and so I I, wasn't annoying it was um, it was something that for lack of better words raised the bar and you know you looked at it and you're like wow if I can only create that and none none there's no executive creates that it kind of happens organically and I always I always view winning is what brings that Um, but Toronto didn't have the winning we they just had these great a team. We just had these great fans and then Portland came in the league and Seattle and and those guys do it great. And I even noticed as we, you know, continued at Salt Lake, our 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 fans and our crowd started to enjoy the game better and we had a a, a guy named Brandon Steideken, Steinekert, who's in the band Rancid and he created a theme for us. Um, <laughs> and it was it was just great and uh, and i think um, what i really like here is is the fans of our team they're vested you know and they've and they've they've been through it and sometimes they can be cynical but they're knowledgeable oh, no, but no. but look they're knowledgeable you're on the
1: right podcast yeah. then
3: but they're knowledgeable and that's something for me is and i always tell cuz sometimes guys get thin skin and you know if if Things are going poorly, or or not going the way you plan. Hey, you, you sometimes you take a hit for it, but you know the ones that I find the ones, the people, the coaches, the GMs, even team presidents, uh, the ones that don't survive are the ones that are fickle, you know, and they'll change every whim that they hear. So you got to stick to your plan. That's fair.
5: One last question in regards to RSL. Yeah. This is this is one that's weighed on our minds for many many years it's true what's and i just what's happened, just, <laughs> what's happened what's, of late no no no, no, no. no. <laughs> it's it involves kyle beckerman and namely yeah what exactly are the insurance premiums like on his dress now is it something that <laughs> is that based on 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 altitude is that based on his teammates is it based on your schedule <laughs> like how do you how does he keep that intact yeah, without somebody crazy. wanting to cut it off because we yeah, thought about no, it no,
3: look, that's his thing and, and he's a, he he's a fierce competitor. You guys would have loved him if he played here. He's
5: trying a, to get him here for you.
3: He's a fierce competitor. Kyle and I actually got to know each other really well and and you know, a lot of people don't know this. So Kyle was a wrestler and he was a wrestler and a soccer what? player growing what? up. Wait, 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 wait. Like, Hold you're, on. You're Not right? like, like WWE, but like a... That's a, a shame. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like...
1: three were about to be folk really Folk style, excited. so
3: he, um, in ninth grade, he actually won a Maryland um, high school prep championship. He was a state champion of prep schools <laughs> in Maryland as a freshman, <laughs> Kyle Beckerman. That's His crazy. brother, Todd... Is the head wrestling coach at Brown University. What? So, so Kyle yeah. was a tough kid. He was, and that's, and, and but he was a better soccer player. And then he went to the residency, and he was in the same residency with uh, Demarcus Beasley and Landon Donovan. But he's he's just a tough, tough player. So don't let the dreads fool you. Like on his, oh, that and he's he very chill. Yeah, exactly. He's chill yeah. off the field. Actually, he's a pretty a mellow guy. But when he steps on the field, he is fierce. And he was, he was the heart of that team For a long time So I have uh, so much respect for him It's sad to see What's going on there right now Because cause he's a winner and, and that team's not doing too well With, with he and Nicky there um, So that's sad to see a little bit But he uh, I loved Kyle Becker Every
4: move he makes, Another
5: chance he takes Odds are he will live you to
4: see tomorrow Secret Agent Man Secret Agent Man They
5: given
0: you a number and taken away your name.
1: Well, oh, Alright, well it's time right. for the TFC time. So this is the beginning of your second year as okay, president yeah. of TFC in your first year. Quite frankly, couldn't have gone much better. We're not going to talk Pretty about good, that game. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to talk about it. Uh, as you've mentioned earlier, team move. Through the off season, without you know, without much change, with yep. most of the team's core intact, though sadly,
3: you guys could. might call me boring, but boring. Was. Well, <laughs> we had we, enough adventure. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but we were a little <laughs> sad yes. at losing yes. the yeah. off did, season did you
4: champions read belt. Thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's just, yeah. We we kind of did. Tim Lewicky, boring's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just
5: want to have a nice cup of tea. Although you bike. know, I do no. say this:
3: TFC needed to melt. Sure. What, oh, yeah. what where yeah. we're at now wouldn't have happened without Tim L and I, I say that though. to everyone. I he, would
4: agree. I think they also wouldn't be where they are now if he hadn't left. I think him leaving was as important. I think him coming here was probably the most important. But uh, I like the direction you've yeah, gone yeah, yeah, since yeah, he yeah. left. Yeah. Agreed, it's a little less circusy, <laughs> I,
3: which is good. Yes, Tim, the one thing you know, the He's one knotted. Tim Tim uh, Tim won championships with the Galaxy. Sure. Knows, he knows yep. how to win. Yeah. So I do. I, I always I always make sure I credit him because we wouldn't be where we are without him.
1: All right. Well, be we, you know, we've got a ton of questions. You know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, unfinished business for this yeah. team and yep. wanting to bring the cup, but we've got many questions surrounding that before that, uh, about the past, present, and future of TFC. And then there's some other topics we want to touch on. Sure. T F C marketing, yep. supporter groups, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna just
4: jump right into it. All right. Um, Let's right. First question, obviously coming from a successful club, not entirely what TFC was. What did you want to fix first when you got here? What uh, I wanted stability,
3: stability. So, so I didn't. I wanted to stop the change, right? And so, one of the things I did early on is, is I got with Greg and Tim, and we kind of identified a core group of players that we were gonna. Um, you know, really stick with over the next three or four years and then what we needed to do um, to improve defensively. And so those are why we went out and Drew Moore and Stephen Bateshore and, and uh, Clint Irwin. And it was interesting how they all came about. Greg was very big on Drew Moore. Uh, Tim was very big on Stephen Bateshore. I was very big on Will Johnson. And then Clint Irwin came available to us because they were going to get Timmy Howard. And we actually went to Drew Moore, and we said, you know, what do you think about Clint Irwin? And he said, I love him. I'd love to get him. And so we were able to get Clint Irwin. And so that was key for me. But but it was identifying a core group of players, and and frankly, a, a system. And you know, one of the things that I challenged Greg with is, you know, what I felt is sometimes in two thousand, you know, fourteen, he tried to outthink everyone. And what I said is I want to be a franchise where other teams worry about how we play and we don't worry about how they play. And sometimes tactically you make little adjustments, but if we're good enough at how we play, I don't care who you are, we should be able to beat everyone. And it's like Bruce Arena. You know how he's going to play, and he just just wins. And so I think Greg um, really eventually wound up being, you know, coming up with a system, and then as we got on later in the year um, – and it's not a three-five-two; it's a five-three-two. But sometimes it's quoted as three-five-two, but it's really a five-three-two. And mm-hmm. Justin gets up, but that's the system we've kind of um, stuck with, and that's who I think will become our identity. Like when I was at RSL, we were the diamond midfield, and sure. people knew how we played. You knew Javi Mo, and you knew you know Kyle. Um, and I think that's who will become now is this five-three-two system, where we're very, very tough defensively. And we have a couple of magical guys up front, Seba and Josie, and then, and then a new addition of Victor Vasquez, who I think gives us a whole new dimension. Cool. Um, next question there. Other than winning the cup, which will hopefully happen, what do you want for the club as a whole? Um, I want to win trophies. You know, I, I, I say this all the time, it's, it's what drives me every single day. Um, I would, you know, at some point, I'd like to be able to give a return to MLSE. You know, we are a club that right now is 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 in the red and uh, Really? Yeah. And it's 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 you make it, we have, you know, you look at it, we have three players we invest very large in. And um, it's an investment that, that this ownership group has made, and Tim L. convinced the ownership group to make it if we wanted to change where we were in 2013, right, and then become a serious franchise. And you look where we are now. I mean, our revenues are almost double what they were you know, back in 2013 and where we're going, but it took a large investment. And so at, at some point, I hope we can continue to grow the business so that it is um we don't have to thank God for the maple leafs and raptors every day, you know. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> so
0: what would it take to become more profitable other I than I just winning?
3: think I think um you know when you continue to win there's more fanfare and so, you know, we'll have to you look at ticket prices and, and things like that. But you also, you know, sponsorships wind up, you know. Deals that you used to get, where maybe a company would spend two hundred grand a year with you, they're spending half a million a year, and and just there's more fanfare, more buzz around the team. And then, um, you know, as new TV deals come in, new TV deals, the money goes up. You know, so our ratings right now, our TV ratings are triple what they were a year ago, which is, which is you know really really good for us. And I just so I think that whole playoff run last year put us on a new um, stratosphere right now, and and hopefully we can take advantage of it.
5: Do you feel that the salary cap is preventing um, Toronto kind of achieving its have status being one of the more wealthier clubs do you do you feel that it that it hinders or is it just merely a case of if you we navigate well we can circumvent the issue of not having say, more money to spend on players, keeping players?
3: Yeah, no, it's navigating it. I, I think, you know, and Tim and I talk about this a lot, we have to be smarter than everybody else, and we have to manage our salary cap well. Um, how I always look at it, the president has to look five years out, a GM has to look three years out, and a coach has to look, you know, one season, and um, it's that's why I think there's always a good balance there. Um, with Tim, I've really challenged him and, and Sean Rubio who heads up our, our salary budget, you know, to always look years out and, and, you know, cause even when I was at Salt Lake, we had a great run, but as I mentioned, we made a mistake with Nat Borchers and that was salary cap driven. I don't want to make those mistakes anymore. I want to, you know, continue to have a team that can compete every single year. Um, we spend more money than any other team, though, when you look at our three DPs mm-hmm. and, and we went and we got guys that are in the prime of their careers that are gonna be with us for a while and, and hopefully they can deliver a championship. Um, so I don't think it hinders us at all. I think it actually, it's the reason this league is still around. Um, because when you have really wealthy people, they will spend the money and then they'll wake up one day and say, oh, what did I do? And that's how the NASL goes out of business. It's how a lot of the usl teams and and you know the old nasl teams how a lot of those teams folded because eventually someday a rich guy wakes up and says i'm sick of losing so much money and this league now is you know we've we've controlled our our costs to the point where you're starting to see franchises really doing well
0: do you think the league has to look five years down the line at where the salary cap might be to grow as a league in in the scope of other world leagues to attract that talent and to stay competitive.
3: Well I think they've they've definitely given us the mechanisms, right? So the three DPs, um, the whole Tam money, the general allocation money, we have way more money ever than ever before to work with. That's how we were able to you know buy down Armando Cooper on on his loan uh, acquisition fee, Victor Vasquez. We used that money. And so I think the league is continuing to try to find, new ways to add money to our salary cap. Because really our salary cap is only one portion of the mechanisms that we have or the money we have to acquire players.
0: So one thing, we were talking about the uh, history of TFC. This is, yeah. is going to be a really tough question. Yeah, let's get ready. So hold on to your C for this one. So God bless them. In their early years, yeah. they tried to reach out to all the different nationalities in Toronto. And one way they did that was through food. Okay. i got to ask you. Now you said you had a bit Irish. Yeah, yeah. A chip buddy. Did you ever try it? What? A chip buddy.
3: I don't even know what it what? is. What? All
0: right. This is a scooper. Go ahead. And next
3: time you're here, we're <laughs> so making So, you know, we, had, we, we, we just introduced all this new food at BMO Field this oh. year. I think um, this is. I think, a chip butter. I think
0: it's gone off the menu at been yeah, A yeah, long no, time, no. Ago. time ago. A long time ago. What is that a chip in the Scotch buddy? Eggs. Two oh, pieces love of to thick hear. white buttered bread. Okay. With
3: Sounds good French
0: fries or chips Ooh, inside okay. It's carbs on carbs on carbs. Okay. Usually with
3: ketchup. And then what are you guys going to say? You put ketchup on it? No. Yeah. Oh. Is the bread toasted or no?
4: no? No. Not toasted. All right.
3: I like that. Oh, well, I actually am thinking needs to toast it a little bit. That might even be better. Maybe I'll now hear yeah, yeah, I know I'm that Duncan's already. I know, I know. Both, head, both of them. Yeah. Mark, Mark and I
4: are like, that sounds fine with us. But yeah, they're like, no fries this, is a, this is a Yorkshire delicacy. You okay, I got it. I got so it. it. All right, all right, all right. That's
3: true. That's but you've
4: true. got some pull bill. Yeah. Like, you could make this happen. No, we for can. Us, so. We
3: can. So, one of the best things I ever did at Salt Lake is we had a big deal with Budweiser. And we had a, a group called the Rogue Cavaliers Brigade, RCB. And one of their guys, you know, I saw him one time and he said, Bill, we've got to get Guinness, we've got to get Guinness, right? And you have these beer deals where you got to respect that. And so I called up my guy at Bud and I said, hey, can you do me a favor? Can we just let a Guinness cart in here? You know, he goes, that's fine, you know. And so we put Guinness over by our supporters group, and actually wound up selling more Guinness than we I was ever say, sold I was Just going to say, I bet you outsold. You know, them. compared to any any other carts that were there, and this guy, he did a little YouTube thing, and they they went to Bill Manning, and he, they they <laughs> drank their Guinness at the game. It was pretty cool. But you you do you try to, you know, this is why I I you know I enjoy things like this because you get feedback, and so I'll. Uh, um, I'm gonna have to take that down before I'm I leave a tonight. Of one. I'm gonna here? take that. So what's uh, it called uh, one, again? The chip buddy. The chip D-U-T-T-Y. buddy. Okay. Yeah. All right. B u t t y. Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll, say, I'll, 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 I'll,
1: I'll send Amanda a note if you want.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. I, I, I. like that. But I do
1: have since you're mentioning beer and yeah. bringing in different beer and and, and things like that. And yeah. Can we get since you're enjoying some of the yeah, local yeah, beer yeah. so much here, we would. Personally, those of us who drink beer uh, kind of really love local breweries to be represented at BMO Field. Yeah. Uh, you know, your your, your you know the brethren, the yeah, Wolf Wolfpack, yeah. they just signed several local craft breweries, sort of to
3: okay be yeah.
1: present at their games. Yeah. yeah. Um, and. That nothing against you know the advertising money juggernaut no, that know, is yeah. Budweiser. Yeah. We understand,
3: but there are some there are some craft beers in their distribution. S- yeah, I Mill mean, yeah, I mean, Street yeah, yeah, yeah. Mill Street Organic. Not sure
4: they're craft anymore. I think they got bought out by, by Labatt. somebody. It's Labatt. Sure.
3: But right, but, but I mean, they're still. Beer. It's still yeah. a good beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's. Anyway, some of those. it's just
1: a. I, I think again, if you did that, if you moved like a Junction Craft or you know high park something like that if you brought in a cart i bet you you would see a lot of sales it's just a
3: that's fair you got at least two a game i guess yeah that's true yeah (laughs) and i'll be there every day that's Um, fair absolutely so speaking
1: of marketing yeah one of the things we at this podcast and in various through the years have had maybe issues with or poked fun at or both um various times at marketing the club Okay. Whether through in-game promotions, yep. stadium sizzle, commercials, the annual season seat holder package, all those things. We, yep. we, and we just, because maybe we're just really particular and finicky, I don't think so entirely. I think we're kind of right on some things, but we have some questions about that. Somewhere. Yeah, no, please. But my first thing is uh, something we've already talked about a couple of times tonight is the Wall of Honor. Yes. Before we get to the Ronnie O'Brien situation. Yes. Why are there no plaques for the Voyagers Cup wins?
3: No, we're going to do flags in the stadium so yeah actually why not flex? so funny we just talked about it today we're gonna do because um, I think um, flags for me flags are more ceremonial um, and so we want to have kinda these permanent flags that have the five Canadian championships and then we'll have these Do you mean
1: kind of like winna. banners in terms of no, not, other sports? Sort no of thing? not
3: like a banner like an arena so so Look, maybe this is me. So when I was in Salt Lake, one of the best things we ever did is we did this big flag for winning the championship. And it was really cool, you know. Um, what we didn't do there is we didn't do flags for winning the conference championships. And it's something I'm battling with myself right now because as enjoyable as it was to win the Eastern Conference Championship, that wasn't our goal. Right. you know. Right. And so I'm kind of... Like, do I really want to have that or not? And I think at the end of the day, I'm probably not gonna. I'm just gonna do the Canadian Championships. Um, but
1: well, that is like because for but, us, but I think it's incredibly important. Yeah,
3: we're gonna do. I think we're gonna do flags, and so in fact, today we literally were talking about it today because it's something that we want to memorialize in the stadium and kind of make it a cool thing. And every year we win the Canadian Championship we kind of have another flag that comes up so we're trying to find an area the stadium's gone through so much renovation the last two years now it's kind of calming down and we're going to find an area in there that we can you know essentially have 20 flagpoles at some point you know where we keep winning this thing
1: that's for us like much like not, not everyone loves the Voyagers Cup as much as we do same thing with the CCL although again we're hoping that changes and continues to change we very much want to see it acknowledged and recognized because yeah. to us it's a big deal yeah. we, we love the oh, Voyager's yeah. Cup so if and- you
3: actually go to Kia Training Ground it's um, in the players lounge we have a trophy case where we have the the championship trophy and then we also have a picture of each team that won the trophy you know celebrating and then um, in our gym where the players are again because constantly you want to have the players reminding it we have the five pillars of what's important to us, and you have the Canadian Championship, MLS Playoffs, MLS Cup, Supporters Shield, and Concacaf Champions League. And three of them are empty, right? You know. And then we have MLS Playoffs two years, and then we have Canadian Championship five years. So it is something we've really I've done a lot on the graphics at Kia Training Ground because I want it to be top of mind. And now I'm kind of turning myself. To be more field and saying, okay, we have to recognize.
1: Well, this. especially when you're doing something like the Wall of Honor, like yeah, for us to yeah. see the different yep. sort of representations yep. and you know honors being yeah. you know, memorialized. That yep. was one of the first things we noticed was like. Trophies. We've won trophies. Yeah, we would yeah, like to yeah, see some yeah. sort of mention. So that so that's the deal. We're going to do some flags. All right. Uh, well, we again we have talked about this, but I'm going to bring it up again just so I can uh, hear one more time uh, <laughs> because this is my new favorite thing. Uh, <laughs> <a bit>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there'll be no mention of this anywhere. And back
3: to the questions. <laughs> so, Kristen. So,
1: what happened with Ronnie O'Brien's number?
3: So, Kristen, you uh, on Twitter oh, pointed out, rightfully so, that yes. Ronnie O'Brien was number five Why and not number out? seven. Um, I gotta give her her props. I gotta give her, her props. And so, um, and I told you the story earlier. I'll yes. tell it on. We uh, our media guide had said he was number seven, and so of course, you know the marketing guys put it up as number seven. And when we saw your tweet, when Mike Massaro saw your tweet, he uh, he came in. He said we have a problem. <laughs> and I was I was actually out of town, so he went to I think Amanda, and then they sent me a note, and I was so angry. And I was like, how does this happen? How do do we make a mistake like that? And so they went through all this research and they went through every media guide and the 2007 media guide, he was number five, and the 2006 media guide, even though he wasn't there anymore, he was still listed as number five. But the 2007 media guide, he was listed as number seven. And then ever since, he was number seven. So we have since uh changed it on the wall and uh, we give you credit. Thank you. And we uh, we will change it in the media guide Exit. so that he is officially uh number five. Well it was fine because I so know it was a mistake. I know and there's a picture of him that, up the,
1: at the KTG with yeah, the number yeah, can, five. Right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And
3: so my one of the uh, one of my staff, Jamie McMillan, is kinda like a, a, a chief of staff for me, she literally texts me the picture where he's got number five on his shorts <laughs> and I'm like oh how does this happen and and the wall of honor was kind of a weird thing because it was actually a marketing driven thing at first and then when i took the job it was supposed to be this is what's crazy. It was, it was supposed to be done before last season like this is how crazy well we've been missing our out.
1: other really fabulous wall of honor for a while yeah have, so
3: so <laughs> so it was a marketing driven thing and then i got involved um because i wanted very distinct like you have to do a certain thing to get on it. And that's when we came up with MLS honors, right? If you got honored by the league, and then now we have our two MLS honors with Sebastian and Maurice Aduer on the left side, and we have to switch them to the right side because those are MLS honors. And then you can kind of decide what an iconic moment was. And obviously Danny's goal was, was, was the iconic moment um, in TFC history, which was awesome, and then the conference championship.
4: Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about MLS honours, that yeah. sort of thing. All-star appearances. You know, it's maybe not the the greatest honour, but where I'm going here, they're partially decided by fan voting. So if there's a gag campaign like John Scott with the NHL, yeah. I don't know who might promote that sort of thing. No, yeah, no. Nope, nope. Someone you know, randomly fans in some TFC and Thrupp League decide to vote in some TFC player who's you know, maybe not all that deserving. Yeah, uh, does that still get fully honored, gets on the, the wall? There? Yeah, yeah, okay. it gets on the wall. So I, I get
3: I, podcast goals. We we yes. we um, you know. We, we've kind of, what we didn't want to do is leave ourselves open to conjecture and just making it, you know, very hard, fast rule. If you're an MLS All-Star, if you're an MLS Best 11, you get on the wall. Okay. So, I by the way, Kristen,
5: congratulations on making a difference with the club. <laughs> thank you,
1: thank
4: Forever.
0: you. Forever.
1: Yes. You guys will literally never live this down, just so you know. I know. Yes, we'll I know. put
0: up a plaque in here. <laughs> <laughs> and
4: no, you can't put it up over the Van Gogh.
0: It will say number seven.
4: (laughs) Uh, For the podcast, some kind of uh, vocal minority heritage minute. Oh, oh, there you go. I know a guy. Yes, you do know a guy.
2: Okay,
1: uh, next up on the, uh, the pizza pizza promotion. Yes. So this one, not near and dear to my heart, unless you're talking... Anger. Yep. So it brings the introduction of the Pizza Pizza giveaway. TFC wins, scores two goals. Yep. Much like at Raptors games, they get 100 points and they win pizza. Your ticket becomes a slice of pizza. Right. Pizza, pizza Pizza the next day. Yep. Is this I – I have a couple of things. One, why?
3: They help pay the bills. I know. Yeah, but you it's, just – it's and that's one of the things. Ugh. It's part of the business. And so, you know, when I know some fans, you know – but it is, it's part of it, and so that's the only thing I always say is, guys, you know, even when you balance your own budget at home, you gotta, you need to bring in some money somewhere. And so, okay. So they, they're it's important because they're part of the business, and we actually don't was get interesting. They uh, no, <laughs> 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 the point you do need corporate sponsors. Corporate sponsors are so important. Um, but uh, pizza, pizza with the Raptors was over a hundred points, and one of the things we actually push back on was, was we wanted it to be shutouts. And so it was one of the things that by hmm. the time marketing kind of that would have been, yeah, been better. By, yeah, by yeah, the time marketing still had annoying. come around with it, next year it will change to shutouts, just oh, so you know, because okay. I will Pizza put my foot down. down I think. But they had kind of already gone far down the ro- road. And, and I have a guy named Chris Schufeld, the heads up my business operations. And by the time he had gotten to me, they had already gone so far down. And they're like, well, we do it with the wraps. We figured you'd be fine with it. And I said I'd prefer shutouts, but for now it's two goals. And and look, there, there's going to be people that you know. People do it with the wraps. They score over 100 points, and they they move a lot of pizza the next day. And I think TFC will do it as well.
1: But my so, I have two fears for this. Okay. One that this is like a gateway to other similar NBA style. Free stuff, free stuff. Because I like I can't stand I love the Raptors. I love basketball. Yeah. I played basketball before I played soccer and yeah. going to Raptors games gives me headache yeah. because of the visual noise. Because it's there's so right. little about the actual there's product. So much going. Yeah. It's actually I was just at the game last night, yeah. Advertising. Yeah. But is there not a worry because we've experienced this being at Raptors games together, is there not a worry that suddenly the crowd will break out into chants of pizza, pizza no, instead our of our crowd? It happens at Raptors games. I'd be
2: surprised. They
1: boo when they don't get pizza. We've been there when it's happened. It
2: was hilarious.
1: It was hilarious, actually. We were actively cheering for them not to score that night, so that was great.
3: But here's what I would say, too. Sometimes it's it's like you guys doing a show. You have some fun with it. If tfc fans started shouting pizza 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 they're kind of having fun with it right and so that's why i don't a lot of the stuff i don't take that serious to tell you the truth because um it's important to have a commercial component of any franchise sure. or i don't care if you're formula one or you're you know a, a pro we soccer understand team that or something football has team. to pay the bills so we do you, get you gotta kind of have have the marketing and i think they've I think the great thing about MLS is you do have the three franchises under one thing, so they kind of took a best practice from the raps, and let's see how it works. Is free pizza going to flash up on the boards? Probably. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. So I ask you to have some fun with it. Have some fun
2: with
0: it. Is there there a a feeling, though? I mean, TFC, one thing, I guess, how it uh, separated itself from maybe some of the other clubs in early MLS was that they were very organic, in the especially with the fans yeah, yeah. is there always that feeling that we got to keep it like you know old school
3: soccer no, organic no no, no. I, I i just think we what i always talk about is is if 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 you try to run a soccer team without having corporate sponsors you're crazy cuz you won't be able to survive you know you have to have a a, a corporate component and I think we've done a good job. You know, halftime you kind of kind of have these you know funny little games they play out there and stuff. No more but, accent contests. But for the most part, you know, we it's about soccer first, right? And then we try to be um, non non intrusive, um, but allow our sponsors to have some type of touch points with our fans. And so, you know, I'm sure we're not 100 percent perfect, but but to Think we could run a soccer team without corporate sponsors? No, no, yeah, of yeah would no, be. We're not saved, asking that. You know? And and they do. They the marketing guy. You you'd be amazed at some of the things no. I've turned down, like what they want to do. Uh, tell no. us. <laughs> yeah. I've been doing arena
5: football match. Yeah, I know. That. what can happen. And so
3: we'll never go there. Yeah. But but you you just you know yeah and 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 this is fun. This is why I like to come in person sometimes because when you tell someone like. Kristen, we really do need corporate sponsors? Look, I she's like, that. I know. They changed the number for you. Isn't that enough? <laughs> 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 no, I want
5: more now. I have a taste of powers.
3: <laughs> so power. So there's, there's your honest answer. All right. So on that
0: vein, yep, doesn't have to be with a club you were in, involved with. Yeah. Worst game day promo you've seen.
3: Worst game day promo. Wow.
0: More corporate yeah. tie-in.
3: Worst game day. Man, I, I, you know, I, I can't even think of a worst. Um,
1: we have one if you a can. A comfortable. Yeah, no.
3: I, I, you know, so I'll give you a funny story, though. So I spent um, six years outside of soccer really trying to build my business um, acumen. And I worked for the Philadelphia Eagles for four years. And it was a great, great experience. And we had um, GlaxoSmithKline is a big pharmaceutical company. They have a brand called Levitra. Yeah and you know it's the thing you know and then no no so I don't know what a, is it? they had a pen is it what I think it is and the pen would go like this and they wanted to hand out the pen at the games and I turned it down because I'm like I can't give out 20 you know Seventy thousand pens that go like this.
5: Also, so, 70,000 pens like that go like that at an
3: Eagles well, game. Well, what would have happened is well, <laughs> well, the, what you learn is you only give them on the way out because oh, you guess. can't, yeah. you know, and you only give them on the way out. But still, I was like, TfC we're not, we're that not the doing early this days too. Oh, yeah, that in the
0: YouTubes, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll say but what we were talking. about One of the worst game days. but I don't know. I don't have at, really TfC, a a, a really unfortunate one after a really bad season.
2: Which
0: one was that?
3: No. Vaseline
0: yes <laughs> yes oh yes.
5: yes they
3: gave away Vaseline <laughs> they did yeah. tubes of it
0: <laughs> with, with it,
5: without a pun like oh.
1: at the end was, was that 2012
5: That is. It, I don't know
1: it, it, was, it was it was during exactly during the it was times. during the very dark <laughs> times yeah. Yeah. It, we were just oh. like what is wrong with your brain it had to
3: be brutal though right? oh it had to, <laughs> to be, be here brutal for, yeah. I can't oh, imagine just I can't imagine
1: awful supporter groups yeah so in the last couple of years, not necessarily since just since you've been here, but certainly since you've been here, um, maybe a little more trend from TFC marketing department to use supporter group imagery in mm-hmm. ads, yep. on tickets, so forth. But there's all you know, the supporter group relationship with the front office has not always been a happy one. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of, you know there's been some friction yeah, yeah. and there was friction last year and I'm sure there'll be friction going forward but in terms of like this so what we see in the imagery you know we see lots of flares and lots of smoke and pageantry and circus stuff what is the reality of how the supporter groups are actually able to act this season during game situations
3: you know I've I've met with all these guys and and look I think they're really good people and I think they really care about the team and um, I think for the most part um, they they don't want to do things that are going to hurt us or, or hurt the league, and but like anything, sometimes you know you get people in a group that that do do things that are a little crazy or a little outlandish, and that's something we're trying to work with the groups to um, protect our stadium and protect our fans. And so I think they're great, you know. In fact, I one of my thoughts I just had the other day was I want to do a supporters day at Kia w- during a practice where actually members supporters groups can watch practice and then we'll do a little barbecue because I mean they come at they get after it. I mean they are they are really really good on game day. But what we don't want is and I've told them I don't want things thrown on the field. I don't want fights. And then we don't want flares. Okay. Like the flares three, was my next question. Those are so my three big no things. Still no flares. Those are my three big things because you can't have any of that stuff. Do they all um, still
1: have control over smoke for this season?
3: Yeah, and we work with them. And I actually think the supporters groups have worked together um, really, really good compared to what I'd heard in the past. Last year was a
1: much different. And they year did, a, in they that did a good regard, job. Yes. And, and,
3: you know, we have to. We have to, I think, do a better job of working with them on road trips um, because there's been some instances as recently as Philadelphia Union. um, But I think it's hard. Some of the guys that run the supporters groups, um, they even struggle with what some of their members do sometimes. And, you know, it's like, look uh, you know I try and I tell them and and so you always kind of get these you know people that want to put stickers everywhere and like you know just kind of some silly things but for the most part I just want I don't want anything that's going to cause harm to people Okay. You know, for the most part, right? You can sing, do whatever you want. And and the big thing that I eventually want to bring to the whole South End is safe standing, um, and that's something we're really looking into because I, know I think that gives a a different. One member of the supporter
1: group that would hug you if, yeah, if he heard that I think, from you I think it's a
3: different. It gives a different experience. I, I think Orlando's doing it now, which is phenomenal, and so it's something I'm actually even thinking about for the North Goal. Um, and so it's 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 something that huh. we're yeah yeah because we have that big empty space it's a good place for it yeah it would be really good so so it's one of the things I'm thinking about now but I look I think our supportive groups are really good I've gotten a chance to know some of their leaders and they all seem like good guys you know last year we had the incident with uh, with Inebriati with with the, you know the banner. Tuesday, yeah. And what happened was they denied it, denied it, denied it until we showed them literally pictures of because we have the cameras now, we have the eye in the sky, and that's all we did was just say, s- hey
1: guys, I here's s- the pictures. Yeah, we we saw the pictures
3: too. We, and then think and then sent those but then they, they you know what and then they said you know what, you're right and you know. That's fine. I've us? never
1: heard any of them say that you're right. No, no, <laughs> that's okay. Well,
3: when you show someone a picture, hi of, Chris, please don't be angry. Where it says you know and and. Look, and that's why at the end of the day they're good guys and they were reasonable and I think we came up with a solution um, to ban a couple of the guys and then we'll get them back in but but there they can't be a situation where you can come in with any banner or, or anything else and or you know beat up people right. from visiting teams and stuff. We we don't need that. We just you know we want them to hopefully support us and and I think clearly our players acknowledge it, you know, after games. Um so I think they're an important part of MLS. What we don't want and, and you might, you know, have experience, you don't want to get a situation where like it was back in England in the day where people are afraid to go to a game because they get the crap beat out of them. You know, She's and really that's that's what we don't <laughs> want. Because so like, you really want to look a little further over to this one? But right, though, also, you know, that's... Also
0: English, I just had the good grace to get rid of the accent.
3: When I'm oh, you are? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't have the he's, accent. He's, he's
1: Cockney, actually. It's but that's one of the
3: things. We just want to, you know, we want when people come to BMO Field, they feel safe. So you can have your 80-year-old grandfather to your 8-year-old kid. You know, and, and, and all in between that they can feel comfortable coming to the okay, game.
1: Okay, so like we, we, we're all in the South End. We're not, none of us are members of the support group. This is our supporter group. Yeah, we yeah. we are a yeah. supporter group of seven. Sure. More or sure. less. You yeah. know, right. yeah. yeah. it yeah. fluctuates. Hangers yeah. Yeah. yeah, hangers on, yes. Yeah. Um, and you
3: know, 113?
1: Uh, we moved. Yeah, we moved. Uh, 117. 117, okay, yeah. So. We have our penthouse suite, as we like to put it. We're right at the very back of the section. And that's one of the sections in the South End that doesn't have an official supporter group in it. But it's part of the supporter group designation. And we, you know, we enjoy watching certain things and stuff. We've had the drummers near us. We don't know if they're coming back this year.
3: Was that, Tribal Ribble? Well, it was Tribal, tribal Rhythm, Rhythm Nation, Nation,
1: but then there was a, a drum corps called C1080 that was there for most of last year. Yeah, like
3: a substitute. I just thought they were something. part of the group.
1: No, yeah. no. They yeah. were, I think, friends with or invited by. So we were just curious if that was returning or just with all of that. Like, we enjoy. News to me. I, well, yeah. See, there you I, go. We're here to educate and inform. you not. Yeah. Like, like, we. So one of the things that sort of happened with that group last year was that for 117 and 118, it was not a, a happy marriage of, of of ongoing things. And we talked to someone from the front yeah, office who yeah. helped sort of do some, some mediating, right,
2: yeah.
1: something in terms of relationships. We talk a lot about the front office relationship with front office and supporter groups because that's really important. That's yep. an important part of the brand and that's an important part of stadium atmosphere. But for people who sit in the South End, or stand in the South End, yep. we stand. Um, in terms of fostering a relationship and a communication there as well. And something that at one point in time was sort of brought forward that we thought was kind of a good idea was, you know, we know there's a bit of, there's always meetings with the supporters, but in terms of having, you know, contact with people who have seats in the South End that aren't in official supporter groups that want to have a say to a degree as to, what happens in the south right. end as well right like we yeah, yeah. you know there's an opportunity maybe lost yep. for some extra communication to make it even better
3: yeah it's a you know it's a real dilemma we have right now because we it's kind of like portland right you want one area where it's all members of supporters group and so even like um even to sit in that area you have to be a member and so even like if you guys, you said, hey, we'll, we'll join a group and not necessarily have to participate we in anything, but we'll Or you form, whatever, right? But but you have to be a member because we do. Those are the best price seats in the stadium. Um, and those fans, and I'll say it, they get the liberties of standing and shouting and screaming and flags and everything else where in any other section in the stadium you couldn't do that. Right. You know. And so it's one of those things where my eventual goal, and, and you may not like this, my eventual goal is that every single person in the South End is a member of a supportive group. And, and then therein lies the benefits of getting the price point and standing. And so when people complain, like we still get a lot of people complain about standing in the South End zone
1: which that and we're that's, like you're, you're are you are in new? the su- yeah, right. that's, you that's know weird. you're
3: in the supportive section like this is what is expected and and like we so that's why we, we it's a tough one it's not and there's no easy answer so i have no easy solution right now i do think at some point hopefully our supporters groups can continue to grow to the point where they can fill every area but then you're talking about or the about people that are there like like if you guys just joined one of the groups as a member because members only. We they get do, they do get great ticket prices. Well, we you know, we, 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 really we moved. We, we, like, we, we used to be.
1: We, we get those ticket prices. We're south end. We're south end members.
3: And you but. guys have been there probably ten years. Yeah. Ago, yes. Right yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Like, this yeah. isn't new. I we're know. not. We're not well, new to this. It's a tough one. It's We're a all tough one. year one. Yeah. For the it's most a. It's part. a tough one. But it's we, not an easy one.
5: We moved from one thirteen, halfway at one thirteen to one seventeen. Yeah. Just by the sheer luck that there were four seats available. Right. Right. And it was great because as much as it was nice being in the thick of the action. It seemed like people with flagpoles didn't want to put them down no, when correct. nothing was happening, yes, and yes. they didn't seem to care. And it was, yes. Well, it's a supporters group. It's like, yeah, but you don't
3: sit here. It's anyway. a it's a challenge because ideally what would have happened is when they built the stadium, they would have made it supporters groups only. Um, but it's a challenge because we have a lot mm-hmm. of fans who have been here 10 years, 11 yeah. years now, who sit in those seats and, you know, we go on off. So last year we actually offered people seats elsewhere in the stadium to move them at the same price they oh, were wow. paying. We locked in their price for two years. Um, How many takers did you get, We actually had quite a few. Oh, really? Yeah, so yeah, no, you we didn't get did. as much pushback as you thought? Yeah, no, because we, we they don't like the flags and they don't like people standing all the time. Because there were still people in there that enjoyed the game, but they weren't every two seconds yeah. standing up, you know? Well, and that, so, that, that was
5: us, we were happy just, we didn't we mind standing, to stand, we right. liked singing, but we didn't want to jump up yeah, right. and down. Yeah, right, and and
3: so it's this weird, we find ourselves in this weird weird world now where some of the supporters groups are growing and they enjoy the game differently. Mm-hmm. They just do, and, and I respect that. And you see it, it's a, our players see it. Like it's a, they bring the, whatever it is, they bring it, they bring the vibe. And so it's a it's. I don't think there's an easy solution. I think eventually I do want to support that the supporters groups can grow, and I think we will ask our long-term customers in the South End um, to understand that the supporters groups enjoy the game a little differently, you know. And then I think eventually when we can get safe standing, I think that actually makes it the best of all worlds.
1: If we yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna move on from this because otherwise okay. we would literally take up
3: oh it's a tough one yeah another podcast easy.
1: discussing it probably um, and
3: I'm open to suggestions.
1: Well, we're I am
3: happy it's, to give you suggestions. One, yeah. <laughs> Trust us. It's not all we one.
1: can say is that we 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 don't believe. That evicting people who like to enjoy the camp yeah we of the don't South want to yeah idea. that's
3: no I agree with you 100 percent we don't want to evict. You right. Should that's come a, sit with us. That's a strong word. Stand
5: with we, us. We're good. Yeah, we're we don't awesome. want to. We don't we want sing. to evict. Yeah, we sing. We make up our own yeah. songs. Half the, the, time. the
3: tough one though is like, see, you're not the people complaining about people with flags and everything else. It's because we, awesome. we. You'd be amazed at how many people sit behind, you know. You know, Red Patch Boys or Kings of the North, and they're complaining that they're waving flags, and we're like, well, "See, that's part of the deal of sitting in that section." But that's instead of us complaining, saying, "You guys need to get rid of your flags,"
5: we'll move. Right, right. Like I'm not right. an idiot. Correct. Like, I, under- yeah. Yeah. I understand I yeah. understand that it's better like for, the, for us to move, and we we did great, as yeah. far as I'm concerned, yeah. because I have a great view. Yeah. Because the the history, at least the how we kind of all stumbled together is, is that Tony and his friend had the two seats behind me and to the left of me and I had a pair of seats. So now you got them so all now together, we're right? Yeah, now we side by cool. yeah. side. That's, that's cool. Like, in a way, it's it, it was a bit serendipitous that it worked out at all, but also we weren't going to say, hey, you guys change for us. No, we'll just, we'll just bounce. Yeah, so. that's the
3: second big word you've used today. You so, know, I'm and you, said, and you had the, uh, the earlier I've word to, too, uh, yeah. He's, he's got I've several in his back pocket. Pretty good weekend, vocabulary oh, yeah. I've, I've, yes. Been, Very intimidating.
5: To, I've been note to word
1: from
3: time to time. Yes, yes. So, so. All right.
1: Oh, I just have one last thing. Oh, uh, yes. Sort right. of, in terms of dealing with Toronto supporter groups, yeah. is it different than your past dealings with supporter groups in real Salt Lake?
3: No, in that, uh, you know, they, 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 don't necessarily see eye to eye um, with each other. And the thing that I've always, because in Salt Lake, I had the same challenge where one group, Labara, wanted to sing a certain way, and Road Cavalier Brigade, RCB wanted to do something different. Oh, it's like and, a
2: Danny Diccio song.
3: Yeah, and so, you know, here you had kind of differing views on, on how to sing and when to chant and when to do this and when to do that. And at the end of the day, what I always say is, guys, you're, you're in it for one reason, right, for the team, just come together, figure it out. And I think this year the leaders of the different groups did a really good job. Last year, did a really good job of coming together to where it's organized. And and I love, you know, when they shout back and forth to each other and and, and that's is, is it's organic, you know, it's what you talked about earlier and synchronizing. It's not something the front office is orchestrating, you know. That just that's them and I think it's great. I think it's fabulous.
5: With regards to the way that the you know, the, as the game kind of unfolds. And with your access to all of the history of the club and out at your fingertips, one pressing question that has come up many, many times spurred many debates. That is
3: true. Is this your podcast now? No. Exactly
5: Exactly how many Bitchy the Hawks have there been, really? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. But but,
3: so I had. Like it's got to be in double digits right now, right? So Bitchy the Hawk is gone. Have you guys not noticed? No, it's been too this cold. Is, but this is my... Yeah, this, it has
2: been too
1: cold You weird.
3: guys are my perfect sample. Exclusive. So last year... <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah,
5: in your face, Kristen, in your nose. No, neighbors.
3: so this is the thing. So what Bitchy was? the Hawk actually cost us a lot of money. I don't know if you guys knew this. It I, wasn't well, a free me. bird that was able to... <laughs> I didn't think it was. So <laughs> evidently it was this, ru- this weird rumor that Bitchy the Hawk kept the seagulls away.
2: Well, so that's what they told us. I literally,
3: and Bitchy the Hawk cost a lot of money. and It was actually two Hawks. It was two Hawks there every game. And it cost us a lot of money. And one game I come in and there's pigeons on the field. It was before the game. And I go, where's the Hawk? I text. I go, where's the Hawk? And they're like, well, it's tethered. It just sits there, so no birds. Come. And I go, clearly the pigeons didn't get the message, because they're down there. Like yeah, I want the hawk to come down animals. and grab the pigeon, yeah. and you know. That'd have been spectacular. And I go, Great. if bitchy the hawk and the hawks aren't going to do their job, we don't need to pay the insane amount of money we pay every game. So. Bitchy disappeared about halfway through last season, and then the other hawk was gone by the playoffs, and no one noticed.
0: We just thought they weren't doing so
3: this the
1: game I, ceremony no anymore.
0: Noticed. Well, this is the most shocking release since DK. <laughs> <been. laughs>
3: and so no one noticed, and and, and it's so funny because our, our GM, Tim Bez, um, he wants a mascot, right? Oh, no. So, no, Tim. oh no, no no, No Tim. So no. here's what I told him. Yeah, Tim. I said, I, "I'm out. I'm out on this one, right? I'm, I'm I'm kind of and he's like Arsenal has one and all these big clubs. And so I said, your best way <laughs> to get one is to actually do it working with the supporters, Dude. with the fans and figure mm. it out." So
0: No. You've seen Arsenal's mascot,
3: right? I No <laughs> right? Yeah, no, this is my <laughs> So there is. Look, there are there are kids that do go to the games, and so I just said, look, I'm not part of this one, but if you're going to do it, make sure games, you include fans. Up.
5: I would be okay with a giant Dikio, which would be great. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I will compromise Ganeous at a Dikio.
3: I, I think that's one of the one of the best things that this club does is that 24th minute or 23rd minute actually uh, um, chant. I think it's awesome. It's amazing. 24th minute. 24th minute I'm sorry. Well didn't uh, he score like 23 something right there? 23 23, yeah. Yeah, the 23, 23, 23, 23 yeah. 13 yeah. yeah. It's To so 24th, 24th minute.
4: minute. I, I think that's awesome. I think it is. I'm it's, not entirely it's sure it's everyone tremendous. here agrees with you. <laughs> I I can enjoy that. I, think I can it's respect cool. that. Yeah. There's, there's certain people it's cool. here I think that uh, You
3: don't like it Tony? Perhaps. They...
4: Um I think <laughs> I've grown to be
0: okay with it now I think. There was that mid maybe five seasons in The Angry, in years, where it, the angry, angry years. years okay where it yeah. was like See, that explains this is all it. we're holding on to yeah, yeah, yeah. That this explains is it. our
5: only
3: glory
0: yeah, our only glory it. was in this the is, fifth this is, this is game of the first get. season yeah. and nothing
3: yeah. has yeah. the needle has moved. so that explains it but yeah. now I'm okay you're over it yeah, <laughs> he's <laughs> fine now
0: and I love Danny Dikio as a player as a person that I've met he is great yes the song after in about year five was like alright okay we need something new
5: that's okay my turn now
3: alright Oh, your podcast. There you go. Maester welcome on. to the Kitten Stadium Podcast
2: nice with your host con- Mark there,
3: yeah.
5: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Kitten Stadium Podcast. I'm your host, Mark. Joining me today is Kristen. Uh, Duncan. Hello. Tony. Mm-hmm. And our special guest, Bill. Hello, Bill. Off the top, other than Rio Tinto and BMO, best ground in MLS.
3: Best ground in MLS Sporting Kansas City Hard hitting question. you yes. we were going to
4: say yes. that really I am not I surprised. Knew he was I mean am the only one
3: here who cuz you know why? So my original guy at Rio Tinto Stadium went to Sporting Kansas City when they opened up uh, that building became their grounds guy and he's no longer there but he really got that thing going.
5: Very nice. Very yeah. nice. We understand that with Adidas and their kits, everything's on a two-year development cycle. So, what does next year's kit look like? Answer me.
3: (laughs) 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 Top secret. Um, Yeah, two-year cycles. So, next year will be the Away. Yes. And it'll be clean. Okay, I'm all right then. (laughs) <laughs>
5: uh, this is a Actually this is serious this, this, yeah. this is a personal question Because right. this is I've contacted the league I've contacted Adidas I've contacted TFC this is Over the years um, As a larger gentleman uh, How come they don't make shirts Bigger than 2XL And I know they do make them Because I have a 4XL uh, Manchester United Adidas kid at home do you really? And I've got a couple 3XLs From various other clubs Around the world And this seems to be yeah, league wide It's not just a yeah, TFC yeah, thing Yeah yeah how, how,
3: any idea why they don't make any money? I actually have no idea. Give I, me the name and number of somebody <laughs> I can call immediately after this is, is, is a, done. That is a, still, so, but I mean, if you did get one and man, you, did you say mm-hmm. man, you, right? We should be able to accommodate that.
5: My optimism grows. Okay. Yes. In your opinion, what is the worst
3: MLS kit in history? the worst yep. mm-hmm. and the Kansas City it that's, might have been the Wiz back in the day had one of the worst uniforms I'd ever seen Kansas City Wiz like circa 97 98 something like that yeah, the rainbow thing yeah the rainbow thing it was so bad mm.
5: yeah uh, I love that one yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> cause it's so bad it's it so is so, that's why so you love bad. it right yeah. you got this reverse mm-hmm. thing There's
5: going so, on it's it, yeah there becomes a point where things become so hideous you love it. You them. love it, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, well, thank you very much for joining us uh, All right. with the Kitten Stadium Podcast. Uh, have a good night.
2: Yeah. This oh, has wow. been the Kitten Stadium Podcast. Yeah,
5: you have reached the end of the first part of An Evening with Bill Manning, as this conversation went on longer than anticipated and because we're keeners with too many damn questions. You can follow these fine gentlemen on the Twitters at Duncan D. Fletcher. He has been Duncan. At Malarkey FC, that's Tony, and at Kidnerd Mark with a K, not a Q. He was Mark, and you can follow me on the internet, the entire internet, at KZ Knowles. I have been your host, Kristen, and as always, Toronto, get used to it. Oh, I was supposed to write this.